welcome to another Comics Pals comics review episode. Uh, today we're going to be talking about two of the biggest review or releases rather this week. Uh, two number ones, in fact. We're talking about Batman Fortnite zero point number one and Way of X number one. Uh, we're going to start with Batman Fortnite. Before we get into it, I want to let you guys know and remind you of who we are. We are the Comics Pals. If you've never heard us before, we talk about these characters that are going to appear in these books and all types of comic book characters wherever you can find them, whether it be the books themselves, the movies, or the TV shows, we talk about them. Uh, I don't know that any of us play Fortnite, so I guess we can't talk about like Batman and Fortnite, but everywhere else we got you covered. Uh, if you want to chat with us, write to us at thecomicspals.gmail.com. You can join our Discord server to continue talking about these comics. Uh, if you would be so kind, we would appreciate a like a rating and a review follow us on wherever you listen to podcasts if you're on youtube hit that subscribe button like the video share it with your friends all those things are free to do and they help us out a lot more than they cost you let's dive into this book uh this is by christos gage who wrote it uh with pencils by riley brown inks by nelson faro de castro and colors by john callis uh letters by Anne world design and uh, Mikkel Jenin did the, uh, well, frankly, awesome cover. And I can't not mention the concept and story consultant, Donald Mustard, who is, I believe, the creative the director. Who killed Scarlet in the library with the pipe. That's a clue joke, guys. It's a real thing. Oh. I not pass that up. Come on. <laughs> well I, done. I saw both John and Mark and just go, what the fuck is he talking about? I thought you lost your mind. <laughs> My you man is croaking out live on the air. <laughs> never played it, never seen it. Oh, man, it's great. No, I, I don't bother. You, actually, I do think I think you'd like it. Very well, maybe right. I always wanted to play a game of Clue, but uh, we just didn't do that in my house. In any event, uh, what we did do was play a lot of video games. And, of course, Fortnite is maybe the most popular one uh, currently. So, of course, DC thought it wise to team up with the team that makes Fortnite to put this book out and, uh, you know, kind of give fans of that uh, a taste of what comics are like. Sure. Uh, so this book follows Batman primarily as he kind of goes from, you know, the world of Gotham into a rift that forms in the skies of Gotham that leads him to the world of Fortnite. Uh, does the world of Fortnite have a name? I don't even know. I have, I have no idea. <laughs> I don't. I don't know. Me neither. You think? Um, I don't know. I know that the thing, the purple thing, is called the storm, and they did name yeah. drop that. I know that much. <laughs> there you go. Um, the book starts out very familiar for anybody who has read a Batman comic or seen a Batman anything ever. Uh, you know, it starts off on a roof yeah. with Jim Gordon with the bat signal up in the sky the only thing different about it is the fact that there's that uh purple storm hanging over it um and then batman of course has to go out and you know figure out what it is um and after an encounter with harley quinn he ends up in fortnite land and that will be very familiar to anybody who plays the game the one thing i can say is that that seems to be faithfully rendered from everything i've ever seen of fortnite which is admittedly not that much um, mm -hmm. But it looked cool, I thought, and I thought that um, Riley Brown did a great job, uh, you know, bringing that to life in the comic. Um, what do we think about the book at large, though? I, it was very much what I expected it to be. Um, 
I, I, I remember when I was reading like the first, it's like the first four or five pages, I think it is, before he gets to Fortnite land. Um, and it reminded me of similar like promotional tie-in crossover type event books that I that I've experienced in the past. Um, where you where it's like if you're the Batman person, you're like, ah, yes, the most familiar jumping off point that I could be given, right? Or if you're not the Batman person, what if, what if we had to boil Batman down to you in four or five pages? Here you go. And then we immediately get into like the fish out of water. Now I'm in this other universe. I've got to figure out what's going on and the status quo and whatever, right? So it's, it's, it's the beats that you would expect it to hit. Um, I think for what it is, I think it, I think it was executed pretty well. Um, because it, the pacing is good. Like it, it's, it's nice and quick. Uh, it, it gets us to the meat of what, you know, the special event people are here to show up and see is Batman falling through the world and seeing a bunch of shit that you recognize from Fortnite. Right. So like yeah. for that angle of it, like, I think it, I think it gets to that part quickly and then it establishes a lot of, um, questions, that, you know, again, depending on your level of familiarity with Batman, you'll probably be able to understand even if you don't really know the character because, like, everybody knows who Batman and Harley Quinn and Catwoman are, at least to some degree, usually. Mm -hmm. um, so the idea that it's like, okay, Batman and a bunch of his, you know, cohorts are in this world and they can't talk for whatever reason and they don't remember who they are and they're basically playing through a match of Fortnite. And you're like... Okay, cool. Like, it gets us there, right? Very quickly, and now you understand what this book is and what it's going to be and what are the questions that need to be solved and, you know, how they might likely get there, right? Um, so for that, you know, I think it lands the plane well, right? This was never going to be a fucking uh, revelatory issue number one, I don't think, you know? Uh, I think it's cool how there's some synergy between the the game too so like outside of like the issue itself um they're giving you a download uh skin for harley quinn which is why like she ended up jumping in and stuff um at the at the beginning of it and like uh, every issue is going to come with one right yeah so yeah. That, that's pretty that's pretty cool continuity uh, they did something similar with um aquaman a few months back um they've done it in the past when like uh infinity war was out they had the gauntlet as like a usable item and you can go around like fuck people up as you become Thanos and stuff. So this is the this is neat uh, for that just being able to get more of that realm into the game. The story itself, I mean, whatever. He's like running around kicking butt, I guess. But <laughs> it's not, it's not much more than that. And I think this is mostly just that promotional tool yeah. to be like, okay, cool. You like comics? You probably like you will like this game. Um, and Epic Games was like, hey, we've done comic book stuff in the past with properties from these universes. This makes perfect sense to get out there. Like, let's see what what we can we can do. And I mean, if they tell a story, I think the memory loss piece is a little weird. Um, because I think that's actually a thing in Fortnite. Because, I, I, and like, I'm showing my age. I don't, you know, whatever. I don't really play Fortnite, but. I think that they did that with the Marvel characters, because um, I know Batman and and some DC stuff was already in Fortnite a while ago. But then I think last season the big thing was a Marvel crossover, 
Mm-hmm. Um, and that's like post even the Thanos thing that you're talking about. Um, and they had skins that were just the heroes. And I think the whole thing was that they fell through and then we're like, we got to get out of here. And then they like forgot who they were and were just like fighting like, you know, animals or whatever. Okay. So can you can you theoretically like pick Batman and then pick up a gun? Yes. Probably. Yeah, you, you it's can. A skin. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Um Yeah, and and uh another thing that I saw is apparently if you get all six of the codes in each issue there's a special yep. armored Batman uh zero outfit. Hell yeah. So, um yeah, I think I think it's cool for that angle of it. Like that's something that um, I remember Marco and I like used to talk about a lot. Like back in the day when we were kind of talking about like what are things you can do to get people exposed to comics in like interesting ways, and like why don't publishers take more advantage of some of those opportunities? Like mm-hmm. this is a great one, right? This is like Sean said, it's like the biggest fucking game in the world. Like if you're a, a you know Gen Z kid or younger. Um, you probably play Fortnite, you know, and like you probably don't read comics. Um, this might be, this might be a way, you know. Um, so you guys had to buy this issue, right? With the DC Universe subscription, it actually drops same day, and you don't have to pay it. You can, oh, you can just access it. So that's Do you like get the code ad. though. You also get the code as well. Oh, as long right. as you're not doing the trial, you also get the code. So I, I opened it up, got the code, and um. You can just like read it as they come out. Yo, that's You're hilarious. The code on eBay. <laughs> no, it's mine, baby. I'm gonna be playing as Harley Quinn. Code itself is going for forty bucks. Damn. Goodbye, Harley Quinn. <laughs> Yo, can we? No, can we do like a Twitter giveaway, bro? Let's get some. <laughs> oh, uh, f- yeah, all right, fine. Let's get some. Let's get some Zoomers to listen to our show. <laughs> I have my copy sealed. I might. I might actually like do something with that. Yeah, because it came in a like a poly bag. So. Oh really? Oh, cool. Yeah. Oh, that's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. And there was uh, there was some some dude like, hey, uh, you know, could I get a second copy? Because I really want to get one for my nephew. He really loves Fortnite. And the woman at Midtown was like, ah, really can't do that, you know, because everyone could just say they're here for their nephew and really <laughs> only supposed to give one away per customer. And he was like, all right, well, I guess I'll just have to come back later. <laughs> what a dick. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> Uh, as far as what I think about the issue, it's it's perfectly fine. I think Crystal's Gage, if you need a guy, he's what we call uh, in, in wrestling, he's what we call a good hand. Crystal's Gage, you mm. can put on any book and he will tell a very acceptable story. It might even elevate to being good or great, uh, but you're never going to get like a bad story out of him. He's very, he's a, he's a good hand. Um, and, you know, this isn't his first rodeo writing Batman. It's not his first rodeo writing a crossover story. So, um, yeah, I think he does an acceptable job. Uh, it's not going to light you on fire. It's not going to knock your socks off. But for what it is, for who it's for, I think this is perfectly fine. And um, I'm interested in what issue two is going to be. Because issue one is very much an introduction to the concept. Issue two really has to kind of bring things forward, I think. Um and if it does that, I think this could be a perfectly good crossover series. I'll tell you what. This is the kind of thing that as a kid, I would have fucking eaten up. Oh, for sure. You know, yep. like if I was like 10 years old and like really into Fortnite and I liked Batman or like ca- like casually liked superheroes or whatever and was aware of this, this is a thing I would have been like, we need to go to the comic book store. I want this fucking skin. You know, like I feel like I feel like it's I feel like it's uh 
it's just right for what it what it's trying to do. And I've absolutely been that kid. Is that Bob? Can we go to the story? I want to get the Fortnite cuff. Bob, I need I need some more Bionicle comics, please. <laughs> Yo! Oh my god, it's so good. <laughs> I've been seventy since I was eight, so I probably <laughs> would have done this. All right. We all know Fortnite's a tool Fortnite. of the devil, so that makes sense. Let's let's talk about Way of X, or or, or is it Way of X? Or is it Way of Ten? I'm going to guess question. X. <laughs> Great question. Uh, so this is More Cy like Spurrier. Weight of X. Weight of X? Because of the weight on Nightcrawler's shoulders. Hi, this is the Comics Pals with Kale Ward. <laughs> that wasn't worth me getting interrupted. In way, <laughs> you know what? It absolutely was not, and I wholeheartedly apologize. Thanks, dude. Uh, so Cy Spurrier, not Simon in this particular issue. Don't know why. Uh, Cy Spurrier, Bob Quinn on art, uh, Java Tartagila on colors, uh, Clayton Cowles on letters, and of course, Tom Muller, the designer of the X-Men books. Uh, pretty sweet cover by Giuseppe Camuncoli with uh, Marta Gracia. So uh, good stuff on that front. The good boy, shit. Oh boy, were there many words in this book. <laughs> many. There were... Uh, it was a wordy one, and there's you know pages of like verse <laughs> on the off pages. Uh, but I I liked this issue. Um, those things, you know, notwithstanding, like I I've been super interested in this thread since it was established in the the giant size about Nightcrawler, and it is definitely going in like a slightly different direction than I think I expected, but one that feels appropriate. And I, this is the shit I really like about this era of the X-Men, right? Is like asking sociological questions about mutant society and like, what does it mean to be a mutant? And like, what do they think about things like art and religion and death and love and all these things that are very different for them now that they're, you know, their own people, but also immortal um and nightcrawler being uh you know a, a man of faith and and a, a a catholic with a ton of guilt um makes him a natural choice i think to explore some of those like spiritual or ethical questions about you know things like you know the way that the mutants are are starting to think about death and you know and things like the crucible and whatever so um i I really liked that side of this a lot. I think the way that they showed Nightcrawler's team having this very, like, cavalier attitude about their friend being killed and, and all of these other, you know, and, and and really seeing the gladiatorial combat for what it is, a blood sport, um, really, really resonated with me. And it's something I'm, I'm excited to see Sai and, and uh, the rest of the team explore. It's interesting because I feel like uh, Nightcrawler is coming in to this with his predisposed bias, his his Catholicism, which isn't it's not inherently a bad thing, but he because of that he doesn't feel like it has adapted to the culture built out within um, within Krakoa and specifically within the Crucible and the stuff around that, and it's just particularly interesting that he his big issue is the fact that the body dies right because for for catholics um jesus rose 
body and soul, right? And when when you you die, you don't get cremated. You have to get buried because at some point you'll be taken along for the ride. Mm-hmm. Um, and it for that to be the his issue is really interesting um, because it comes at at odds with what he feels as somebody's like like where where the separation between mind and body sort of is and that's a really fascinating concept to explore just even outside of of this stuff um so for him to have that ideological difference and him trying to reconcile his own religion with that is a really cool framing device for the entire the entirety of the of this issue he has his conversations with Xavier he has his conversations with um uh, I'm forgetting the tall person's name lost, I guess is what, uh, what we're calling them for now anyway. Yeah. And, um, with Magneto and it's just, it, it's a cool way to, uh, have that conversation. I found it slow as an issue. And, um, I, I it just kind of felt like we were kind of chugging along. Um, mm. I, I loved that about it. But yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I, yeah. I, I there was just that for, for me, it just felt like very slowly paced and I wasn't immediately getting into it. I'm, I'm going to stick around cause I, I trust Sysbury's work. And so I'm going to, I'm going to wait to see what happens. Um, I, I'm interested in the question, but it, it didn't grab me out the gate. Interesting. Hmm. See, I, I think it's interesting that you, the first real critique of it was that the, you know, it was wordy, but it didn't bother me the way it does with, other uh writers yeah i agree um and you know i i think to what marco said i think i think it it did feel slow and sort of a bit drawn out because that's how philosophical conversations are and they're not fun but you know uh they're they're interesting and they're to make you think and I I like that uh, in this reflection of the character because this is a Nightcrawler led book. I think you know his faith and really wrestling with this faith. Uh, that's that's going to be an essential thing for his care for his character for a long time to come, at least as long as Krakoa's a thing. Mm-hmm. I liked that. I liked the idea that he's kind of faffing around you know that like he has this this profound moment of like i need to start a mutant religion and then he realizes how hard that is because he's trying to grapple with these questions and there aren't simple answers um so i think like the pace and it being kind of drawn out and him kind of being like i'm throwing myself back into field work and drinking too much and trying to write and all these things like it felt very like almost like Arist- uh, Aristolian, you know, or something like mm-hmm. that. Like, he's just this, like, weird, you know, philosopher uh, philosopher trying to, like, <laughs> figure it out. Um, so I think that pacing worked for me because of where it feels like the character is mentally right now. Yeah. Um, I think that this issue did a good job of establishing where Nightcrawler's head is at and how he's wrestling with things that are, you know, that they're dealing with. We've seen the crucible before, but this was more from Nightcrawler's point of view. And so that's like a different, 
a, di- a, a different angle to it because he he has different feelings about this than everyone else appears to. Um, and I thought that was interesting. Um, I, I think this issue was too long. Um, it, it, it was a, it was like, yeah, it was 42 pages and I really don't know that it needed to be that length. I didn't even realize um, it was that long. Yeah. Uh, especially like reading it physically. I was like, Oh my God, this is like, this is, there's a lot here. Um, but it does what it had to do. It establishes everything about Nightcrawler that you need to know in order to read this book and, you know, be able to take in whatever we're going to learn about the future of the X-Men as it relates to, you know, them as a religious or a, or a spiritual um, people, because that's not really on the table yet. So I do appreciate it for that. I also thought the art was really good. Yeah, um, really good. Yeah, it, it looks it, you know, and this is for me, in my opinion, this is a compliment. It looks like what an X-Men book looks like these days. Yes. Mm, what absolutely. it should look like. It takes the, the appropriate cues from the look that Pepe Larraz has established, but it it's still, you know, it has its own style as well. Like Bob Quinn does what he does well and his figures are great um, and the colors are excellent, but it's that style that the X-Men have now that it brings that make it feel consistent. And I love that. I thought the, the letters were really good on this one too, from Clayton Cowles, like the, the Banffs were just like such a perfect font, you know? Yeah. He's a beast. Really good work. Um, I also really loved that the book, starts well you know one of the earlier actions in the book is pixie getting killed mm-hmm. um that's she's a kid you know and all the other kids take it to mean nothing that she gets her face blown off <laughs> because she's just gonna come back and weirdly you know we talked about uh death with rom v and he talked about how every culture has their way of talking about death and dealing with death and here uh Cy Spurrier is introducing the idea that not only do they feel that they've conquered death but they laugh in the face of death mm. and that's unique you know what what other culture can you really think of I mean certainly none that have really existed on earth um in, in human times that that are like that um, I mean I get not in the modern era anyway you know, like I, I can think of like there's like warrior cultures and stuff like you think like the Norse and it's like death is glorious. Right. Like if you die in battle, that's like the greatest honor and everything. But like this attitude is like it feels more like sinister for some reason, I guess, because we're seeing it through Nightcrawler's perspective. But they, they mentioned a, it's a post mortal society. Right, um, which I think uh, is indicative of the fact that they like for them, they're just whatever the the backup is, right? It's just wetware. They're, the the body is just another machine that has organic parts instead of silicon parts. Right, that's what I'm driving at. It's like they literally, it doesn't matter if they die, right? Yeah. Uh, and that's unprecedented. And Nightcrawler is saying. It has to matter that we die. There's no way that that doesn't matter. Or if it doesn't, it upends everything he thinks he knows about life and Mm -hmm. death. Right. And so 
that is what makes him compelling and what makes him an interesting uh, person to be at the center of a story like this. However, I will say, you know, uh, this book cannot be all talk. You know, there has to be, this has to be a book where things happen. This has to be a book that is worth following because if it's just going to be, you know, Nightcrawler waxing poetic about the nature of death for mutants, that's not enough to sustain a book that people will buy. I'm not saying that that can't be an interesting book. I'm saying that that's not a book that people are going to stick around for long term. So he's going to have to find that angle that can drive the narrative in a, in a, in a, in a way that allows for action and in a way that allows for real big drama. And those two things I didn't get from this issue. But I'm certainly on, on board for the ride to see how Psy creates those spaces and opens those doors. Yeah, I'm I'm fascinated by this. Um, I was excited for this book before we read this issue, and this issue definitely did not diminish my enthusiasm in any way. Um, I'm excited to see where it goes, and I, I think while I agree with you that it can't just be that, I do hope that there's more of it um, because I fucking eat that shit up. Um, one, one of the things I wanted to call out, um, I really liked the use of the infographic pages this time around like i think getting to actually read mm-hmm. some of nightcrawler's writing um i thought was really good i i found that to be enriching um but i also really liked the, the, the science corpse uh thing where it's uh it's like submitted to the quiet council by dr nemesis and the yeah. entire thing is just like all of the regions of scientific discovery that he proposes they get into, and he's the leader of every single one of them, except for the law and ethics section, which yeah. I just thought was so fucking funny because he submitted it himself. He's like, I am I am totally qualified for everything except for the ethics of what we're doing. <laughs> I need some oversight. Yeah, I thought that one was pretty good, but I'm really getting tired of the redacted parts of these. Like, every single one has some redacted stuff and then they don't they don't go back to it yeah that is i found myself feeling frustrated about that in this this one because like i had that thought of like you're never going to reveal this right like when there's never going to be a point where we go back and see the unredacted parts of uh preambles and brain farts 115 um to just show it to me you know like that was cool as a device in House and Powers because it was meaningful, but it's not here, and it hasn't been in a while, so just stop doing it. Like, I like the infographic pages. Just leave it at that. We don't need to redact shit. If, you sh- if, I don't want, if you don't want me to know, don't tell me. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's, it's very overdone. Um, and who are, they, who are they redacting these for? Like, if you take these as literal and that they exist... Um, why would Nightcrawler write a write a page that that goes into you know whatever whatever is cataloging all of these and it would be blacked out the book of why would that be blacked out? Yeah, we can't even know the name of the fucking book. <laughs> like, what, why? Yeah. It's probably because they want it to be a reveal later, but that's the bad reason. If that's the reason, just don't show us this or don't like don't show the, the title of it or, you know, it's an excerpt from whatever. Cut that part out. I don't need to see it. I find myself frustrated by these infographics more and more and more. Um, and whenever they 
do have a stroke of genius, like the one with Dr. Nemesis. Um, you know, you, you for every one of those, there's two or three that are just nonsense or not fully explorable because they have too many redacted parts. You can't know what they're really talking about. I, um, yeah, I agree with that in general, but I do really like these excerpts. Like, I, I there's the one, um, 715, it's the Path Unto the Path, and that's the one where he gets into um, the stuff that Marco was talking about earlier, where he's like, uh, consider what journey does a soul undertake during resurrection mm-hmm. and the idea of like uh, he says like are, are we still truly us you know and like that kind of thing like I, I I like I like the use of these for that because I don't think it makes sense for him to sit and like have a conversation with somebody where he's like you know but what about free will and, and these kinds of things and like having like uh you know uh uh my dinner with Andre type, like long drawn out comic about people talking about religion. This is an effective way to engage with those ideas and make it feel like it's coming from the character who are interested in seeing engage with them without having to contextualize it in the story. And like, I think that's what these should be used for. It's stuff like this, you know? Um, And like, I don't want them to totally get away from the infographic stuff. Like when it's used well, like I like it, like I liked it in this issue, but uh, by and large, I'm with you or I'm getting frustrated by some of the reoccurring mechanics of it that don't serve it well, you know, don't fucking redact, like don't redact shit. Like we're done with that. You know, let's move on. Um, I think it, I I think it speaks to the, to where we're at. I think we need some form of locomotion in Yep. In the X-Men, you know. And like clues what, would be that. What is yeah, what is Hickman doing? Give us a a piece of the puzzle. I'm completely lockstep in agreement with that. It's just moving too slow. And you know, like the one from Dr. Nemesis even submitted to the Quiet Council on redacted. Okay. I guarantee you whatever that word says right there that's redacted is not that crazy yeah i'm sure of it i'm positive yeah it's like what like yeah science research and development like (laughs) you know like some basic ass fucking words like it's the same thing like what could the book of blank possibly be that's like so fucking revelatory that we can't know the name of it book of x (laughs) right like come on and the fucked up thing is that even if you told us what it was called like the moment he names it would still be a pop Cause you'd be like, oh wow, cool, you know, like oh we've been reading the whole thing now we, oh, it's gonna be the same fucking reveal. Like you're not doing, you're not adding anything to the the tension by by omitting information like that. Yeah. Well, um, again, this this issue did what it needed to do. It got the job done effectively. Infographics aside, and I think you know to varying degrees, we're all on board. I dug this a lot. Yeah. Where this series is going to be going, mm-hmm. um, I could do with less Magneto vomiting. That's for sure. Um, but yeah, uh, I love know, how strange. I love how everyone in the room just starts puking, and Nightcrawler's like, "Oh, I guess my balance is pretty good." <laughs> <laughs> All right, bro. <laughs> that's going to do it here for our review of Way of X, and of course, Batman Fortnite Zero Point. Uh, let us know what you thought about both of these books. Write to us at thecomicspals at gmail.com. Make sure that you guys leave us a rating and a review wherever you listen to us. Follow us on all podcast hosting platforms that you use. Definitely subscribe to us on YouTube if you're over there. Um, Like the video, share it with your friends. 
All those things are free to do and they help us out a lot more than they cost you. We've got a wealth of other content for you to check out as well. We put out reviews every single week. Our main show, The Comics Pals, drops every Monday. We do interviews. We just dropped one with Garth Ennis. If he's up your alley, which he really should be. Um, and we're doing We Watch Invincible and Falcon Winter Soldier, which has just wrapped up. So go check all that stuff out and join us next week as we review whatever books you guys want us to review or whatever books we're into. So until then, we'll see you next time. Take care, guys. See you next week. Bye.